Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 22 to 23. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. Wow. I'm speaking to you about the blessing of obedience. The blessing of obedience. Please take your seat. Praise the Lord. Adam sinned and broke the relationship between God and man. And Jesus Christ came and through his obedience, he died on the cross. And that was the perfect bridge to reconcile man back unto his eternal maker. What therefore reconnects realigns and reassigns fallen man to his original estate is obedience to God. Everybody say obedience to God. Obedience to God. I didn't hear you at all. Say obedience to, God. obedience to God. So until you start honoring God in your private life, the massive public sacrifices in and out of the church stings in his presence. It just smells. That's why the scripture we read is saying that God places more premium on obedience than sacrifice. So he says that, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams. And we know that God loved the fat of rams in the Bible and all of that. But he's telling us that at this level... The fat of rams do not compare in any way to the spirit of sweet fragrance that we send to him when we obey. So when we don't obey God in our private estate, all the shenanigans, the show that we do in public with our sacrifices, they just become some smelly or stinking fragrance before him. Say, mercy, Lord. And the scripture defines rebellion here in verse 23 to be equal to witchcraftsy or witchcraft. Charlie, that thing is not a small matter. You know, when they say somebody is a witch, you think that somebody who sucks blood, somebody who chews human beings, somebody who flies in the day, in the night, and some odd hours, or somebody in some occultic meeting, and in some coven, and something like that. But the Bible is saying that 
Charlie, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. That the sin of rebellion is equated. It's on the same pedestal as a witchcraft. Hey. So scripture defines rebellion to be witchcraft. And delayed obedience can be seen as rebellion. Delayed obedience can be seen as what? As a rebellion. And you see, when the Bible is talking about rebellion, he's just summarizing it. What is it? He said, because, verse 23, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. So, it's important that we don't get entrapped into all the stuff of rebellion, witchcraftcy, and all of that. And the simplest definition of rebellion is rejecting the word of the Lord. So the whole month of January, we've been talking about God will save us. We've been talking about first fruit. We've been talking about this Sunday. We are going to honor God with our first fruit. We'll talk about tithe. We'll talk about missions, winning souls, and all of that. One of the ways to know you are rebellion is when you reject the word of the Lord. And when you do that, the Bible says that you are like the witch that flies. It's a sin. Rebellion is a sin. The same way witchcraft is. You think that witchcraft is a spirit from the devil. But the Bible is actually saying that rebellion, the sin of rebellion is as witchcraft. That, that tells you that witchcraft is also sinful. The same way rebellion is sinful. So if you think witch, witchcraft is a spirit from the devil, then think well about rebellion. Because you might never be different from the witch. It's just that that one flies by you are on ground. So we have air force and ground force. So you are the ground force and they are the air force. I'm preaching this evening the way I'm going to preach, you know. It's going to be very powerful. Power. Ask somebody, what, what kind of force are you? Mercy Lord. I, I pray you will, you will be neither. <laughs> ah, boy, oh boy. Praise the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17, we're talking about the blessing of obedience. Isaiah 1 17, the Bible said, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Praise the Lord. Let's read some more. 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though, though what? They be red like crimson, they shall be as what? Wool. 19. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Praise the Lord. So you can see very clearly that he's just telling us from where we are coming from. That we, we, we naturally are not good. We, we don't have any goodness in us. But by reason of Christ's work, we have come into a place of reconciliation and a relationship with this great and gracious God. Who says we should come as we are. So God has not judged us. He knows we are very bad people. But he has not judged us. He has said, just come. That's your first chance is that you come. Even though your sins be like crimson, red as scarlet, you come. Let us reason together. 
I will cleanse you and make you as white as snow. Then he now released the bomb in verse 19. That when you have now come to me and you are now my child, there is a willingness you need to have. And that is where your choice is. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. So here the Bible is telling us that there, there, is, there are two things that we need to consider from this scripture. Number one, there are those who are willing and they don't cross the line to be obedient. And here we are seeing that obedience is not in the willingness. Because the willingness is one thing and the obedience is the other thing. So here, doing something in your heart is not equal to doing it. Especially when it comes to the definition of obedience. That the willingness is air. Is air. Anyone at all can be willing. Arm robbers can be willing. Killers, murderers can be willing. That okay. Um, now I won't. I won't kill again. I won't. I won't shoot again. I won't steal again. It's a willingness. But they find themselves shooting again, killing again. Why? Because the willingness is not equal to the obedience. The obedience is the act that enforces the willingness. The act that backs the willingness. The act that executes the willingness that is in your heart. The willingness is the desire. The act of fulfilling your desire is equal to obedience or disobedience. So the act of wanting to do something according to the word of God is what is called obedience. So there are many people who will to pay tithe, but they don't pay it. And having the will alone is not equal to payment. You, you wish to honor God with your first fruit, but the, that willingness alone is not equal to honoring the Lord. I'm preaching now. And I told you when I'm preaching, you think I'm not preaching, but I will be preaching live and colored. So you can see that it's the act of doing it. That brings us to the place where we know that you are really obedient. So the obedience is not, um, you know, I had it. You can't, in this New Testament church, you can't just build a house for God only in your heart. The sanctuary that was built in their heart, they made sure it was on ground. It was what? It was on ground. So, making sure that it's on ground is what is called obedience. Tell somebody, making sure, making sure. it's on ground, it's on the altar. Now, use the first fruit as an example. Making sure the first fruit is on ground is what is called obedience. Not minyankameye, minyankameye, I wish I would do. As I ask, are you behaving like the vulture? I wish I would build my house. Then you don't build, but you are always wishing. So he says that, but if you wish well, and you continue to offer the action to enforce your willingness, then you will eat the good of the land. 
So here we understand that you need obedience to eat the good of the land. Praise the Lord. And the good of the land refers to the original blessing God committed into the hands of Adam in the Garden of Eden. That's the original blessing. That's the good of the land. Everything there, God created. The Bible said that he saw that it was what? Good. So that's the good of the land. The original blessing. Undefiled, no contamination, no, no, nothing. It's just like that. Marriage is sweet. Job is sweet. Are you here at all? Ministry is sweet and all of that. So the end product of every disobedience is the loss of divine inheritance. God gave Adam all the garden and everything that's in it. The only reason why he lost that garden, which was his inheritance, was because of his disobedience. So the end product of every disobedience is the loss of divine inheritance. And let me tell you something that losing divine inheritance is more dangerous than losing a physical material. Oh yes, because like Job, Job lost all physical wealth, but he didn't lose his divine inheritance. He didn't lose his anointing. He didn't lose his God. He didn't lose his obedience to God. And so it was possible for him to see a reproduction or a restoration of physical material wealth to him because the divine inheritance was still on ground in his life. But some people lose the divine inheritance. And even though there might be physical materiality or physical wealth around, they are poor. Because it's just a matter of time. When the sun will burn everything on the face of the earth. And you realize that the power to regenerate is not there. Am I preaching to someone here? Tell somebody obedience is very important. I didn't hear you at all. Tell somebody obedience is very important. So obedience is what restores back all the lost goods prepared originally for the man God created. And now, the blessings of God are alien to non-covenant children of this world. I mean, if you are not born again, the blessings of God are alien to you. And the portion, actually, of unbelievers is a curse of the land, not the good of the land. And this curse produces undesirable living conditions here on earth and in the eternity to come. It's very clear. You don't know Jesus, there is damnation for you, not only in heaven or in eternity to come, but here on earth. Are you here? Are you sure you are here fully? So, obedience is very important. Tell somebody, obedience is very, very important. Why is it important? Obedience is the greatest key to all supernatural endeavors and blessings. You are doing nothing about your life and future until you are doing something about your obedience to God. In fact, you have not started living until obedience to God is settled. Without it, great potentials will end up in a fatal disaster. Obedience. I mean, Jesus' obedience is the reason why we are enjoying. It's not prayer. Please, don't deceive yourself. Prayer built on disobedience is a bullet waiting to blast you. And it's likely it's going to make sure they amputate your legs and hands. It just will blow you, your intestines out. 
And so you see some people now, they will just be on top of somebody's husband and will be praying. Charlie, people are wild though. What a prayer. Charlie. Kill a brother. Tell somebody, obedience is the greatest key to all supernatural blessings. One more time. Tell someone, obedience is the greatest key to all supernatural blessings. So without it, you see that potentials will end up in a fatal disaster. Now, no favorable promise of God can be activated if obedience is absent. It doesn't matter how you cry. Once you are disobedient, the promise is not coming to pass. The live wire of every manifestable prophecy is the spirit of obedience. In summary, as Francis Aubin will put it, no obedience, no testimonies. That's the summary. You can be worrying for all the prophecies as much as you can. But if obedience is not on ground, and remember, obedience is accepting and adhering to the voice of God through the word of God. And rejecting the word of God is rejecting God. And that's disobedience. And you cannot fulfill prophecy or obtain any promise through disobedience. That's why no obedience, no testimonies. Kingdom obedience is the unwavering willingness. I'm defining obedience to you. To execute God's instructions on time without turning to the left or right. Say it again. I take it if I was a single word, what would I say? Take it again. Kingdom obedience is the unwavering willingness to execute God's instructions on time without turning to the left or to the right. And obedience borders on two critical issues. Number one, the quality of sacrifice a person is willing to offer in answering to the Lord's commands and the timelessness and the timelines. The first one is the quality of sacrifice you are willing to offer in answering to the Lord's command. Is that correct? Did you get that one? Obedience borders on two things. The sacrifice, the quality of it that you are willing to offer in answering to the Lord's command. Number two, the timeliness within which he, he or she or you and I, the timeliness within which we actually do what is required of us. So we have what is called absolute obedience and prompt obedience. And these two must go together for blessings to be on ground. What is absolute obedience? That I am willing to sacrifice everything to ensure that what God asked me to do is done. At all cost. All godly legitimate cost. No questions. No, no, waity, blah, 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 blah. 
Then we have prompt obedience. That is being on time with what you have been asked to do. So God says, 12 o'clock, make sure this thing is on ground. You are not doing it your own way, your own time. Do you understand? <laughs> That's called prompt obedience. It says stand, you stand. Sit, you sit. It's not stand, you are now doing shakara with your body. No. I don't know if God is talking to somebody here. So, absolute obedience, sacrifice, quality of the sacrifice. Prompt obedience, the quality of the time you use in fulfilling or doing what you have been asked to do. And absolute obedience in John chapter 2 verse 5, we see there absolute obedience and prompt obedience combined together because you need the two. There are some people, they will sacrifice, but they don't do it on time. Some people to do things on time, but it is a bad quality of the sacrifice. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 2 verse 5, Jesus attended a wedding and their wine was finished. Then they went to Mary to speak to Jesus on their behalf. And this is what Mary told them. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Praise the Lord. So here, absolute obedience is obeying God's command, instruction, or direction without any side issues. And in this life, there are a lot of side issues. Side issues that can make you lose your focus, can divert your attention. There was a young prophet who came from Judah. He was sent to go and execute a task. And after that, he was told that don't eat, don't enter anywhere, just come back straight. And then he met an old prophet who said, I'm also a prophet. God has used me before and he's still using me. Are you more a prophet than me? Come home, let's just eat, leave this matter. And look, it's not every man of God whose voice you must hear. It's not even every Christian whose voice you must obey. Especially when the Lord has spoken explicitly to you. Hearing and adhering to what God says to you is more important than what anyone says to you. When God speaks to you, that's a... When God finishes speaking, there's no other talk. The talking has finished. Praise the Lord. Who are you? So here, absolute obedience means doing exactly what leadership has instructed without complaints, sentiments, or excuses. With God, you cannot do, you cannot do it anyhow because... Half obedience is full disobedience in his sight. So you can't do half-half with God. Because if it's half, it's full disobedience. So it's either you are doing it or you are not doing it. Is God talking to someone here? And now, so Mary told them, whatsoever he tells you, do it. Whatever he tells you. And make sure you do it on time. If you do that, the blessings will flow. And that's how water turned into wine. 
for them. So prompt obedience is also executing what has been commanded, instructed, and directed at the exact time the demand is is made. Prompt obedience is answering the call of God right on time. And this is meeting divine deadlines when your attention is needed. Is it clear? It, It will be a nice book, isn't it? Yeah, meeting divine deadlines. God says, come, you come. Go, you go. Like the centurion said, I have servant under me. I tell one, go, he goes. Come, he comes. So, it's not doing it in your own time. Some people will do it, but they do it in their own time. And if you don't rise up to do it at the time God wants you to do it, things will get bad. Because we are dealing with supernatural windows. And prompt obedience portrays how much faith we have in the Lord. And the degree of honor, respect, and reverence for his majestic voice. So God speaks. How much faith do you have in doing it? What's your degree of reverence and honor and respect for his majestic voice? If you reverse someone, when they tell you, he tells you, he or she tells you something, you do it immediately. If you have honor for the person, he tells you something, you do it immediately. Praise the Lord. <laughs> your degree of honor for the person will determine your unwokikan in doing what he tells you to do. Your enthusiasm. So, it's like they say one of the things they used to accuse the Ghana Blasters players is that when they have local coaches and they tell them things, they do it in their own way. And in their own time. That's why the team doesn't work. One of the reasons. Because, look, we are not good. And that's something you have to keep telling yourself. Until the Lord attaches himself with us. When God comes into us, then good has come to us. So this God that comes into us, that changes us from bad to something good. You, you can't be following your own way. Because your way is bad. Some of you, your father bad. Your mother bad. Your father, father bad. Mother, 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 father, father bad. And you too, you are what? Bad. Like my, my own bad, bad, baddest. It's a bad generation. You are the only similitude of something good. Because of Christ in you. is the hope of glory. It's God talking to somebody. So if you don't follow the good voice of the good man living inside you, where will your life end? You don't know the road. Then he's showing you the way. And you say, no, 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 I will go. Please, that your future expected destination is someone's history. And you can be led like step by step into it. If you are willing and obedient. Praise the Lord. Is somebody here at all? Are you sure God is talking to someone here? Tell somebody, you need absolute and prompt obedience. To encounter the blessing. Praise the Lord. Too powerful. So, 
it, it portrays your kind of faith. What's your faith when it comes to tithing? When it comes to living pure for the Lord? When it comes to winning souls? When it comes to honoring God with the first fruit? What's your faith? Do you raise excuses? Do you try to? What do you really try to do? Hey. Watch this. Note this very carefully. God does not glorify people who obey his express directives at their leisure and pleasure. He doesn't glorify such people. At your leisure and pleasure. No, take it. Because that attitude smacks the highest form of mortal arrogance. And disrespect before an indescribable, unconquerable, and immortal God. God is telling you something I needed now. Look at when he told Abraham, give me Isaac. The man didn't sleep. The Bible said he was just waiting for the morning to come on. Ah, early. The Bible said before morning broke, he was already on the way. Already on the way. And because of that promptness, and absoluteness in his obedience. God said, Abraham, because of this thing you have done, I swear by myself, in blessing, I will bless you. Please, not praying in tongues in church. That's a lazy man's way of thinking you'll be blessed. You must be believing and obeying the God you serve for your prayers to begin to work. You can't have answered prayers in disobedience. And disobedience can be very subtle, especially when you refuse to allow your your heart and mind to be transformed by the word of God. So you see that you are in church, but you are following your own ways. You are in church, but you have not grown. You are in church, but you still live according to your old ways. Hey, you are in church, but you do as you want. Because you think that God should understand you. When it comes to obedience, there's a quote that you have to be more regimental than sentimental. The closer your margin for error when it comes to obeying God, the, the more likely you are to enter the window of the blessing. But if you just delay, you see that that's what God is doing what he's doing and he's saying what he's saying if you like enter if you like don't enter but you see that the season will pass like this he's not waiting for you God waits for no man respecter of no one are you here at all yes. some people just wait and they will do what they have to do when it is no longer acceptable that's what happened to Cain the Bible said in the process of time Cain also brought. God said, bring firstlings. You know, you went to pack all the nice ones. And you didn't bring at the time you were supposed to bring. You brought it in the process of time. When we have finished eating fufu, you brought banchi. For what? Even though what you brought is very nice. The time you brought, you know, is no longer relevant. It's no longer needed. Please. And that's what's important that when you are performing something for God, whether it's sacrifice or whatever, the quality must be top notch and it has to be on time. It has to be what? (laughs) 
Praise the Lord. I have learned that God is least bothered about your pain during a call to sacrifice because the resultant blessings are always greater. Anytime he's asking you to do something, he's, he wants to offer you more. So he doesn't even think about your small sacrifice because what he's giving, he asks you to give him a seed and he gives you a harvest. Will he be bothering himself about the pain of you giving him a seed? Because the harvest he intends to give you is far, far more. So he doesn't see your pain. He doesn't bother himself with whatever you think is a sacrifice. And your next prompt obedience is God's trigger to open the floodgates that could move you from stress to rest. Yeah. When we started this church, just about starting this church, we needed to pay this rent and all of that. I attended a friend of mine's church. That, that pastor sees me as his. Um, I would say. But he's, he sees me as his coach in doing church. Even though I didn't have a church, we are just about starting the church. Then when I was in the service, they, they were building. So the church building was not complete. I mean, it was roofed. But it was not complete. So when that was happening, the service was happening, as I was in the service and he was preaching, I had a witness in my heart that as you sow a certain amount of dollars into their church, church building project. So I don't remember whether 500 or $1,000. So this is when this place, we're just looking for this place and uh, when we found it, we were looking for money to pay. The owner has said it's $3,000 a month for this place. So, I, immediately I released the dollars in the evening to, to, the, to my friend. You know, and away bus. Not more than three days. I had a call from Abuja. One woman I used to pray with a long time ago. Called me and said, Pastor, Pastor, how far now? I said, Far about principalities and powers. <laughs> said, Pastor, God has kept your money here with me. Oh. Yes. And that woman at the time, three days, no more than three days, released tens of thousands of dollars to me. To help with the payment of, she didn't know. She just God has kept your money here. Please, he must come to you immediately. I just took flight, went and collected, and came back. <laughs> the money I needed, which was stressing me, the rest was in my obedience when I went to my friend's church. Just releasing what God wanted me to release. My rest from that stress was in that obedience. When I released it. Not more than three days. Whatever had to be released. This thing was sitting there. Woman was sleeping on it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, your next prompt obedience is God's trigger. It's his trigger for that pregnancy. Trigger for that glory, that promotion. It's his trigger for that release. 
don't sit on it. Don't be doing last lassie here and there. Don't be, you know, um, you know, blah, blah. You know, when you are trying to tickle yourself that way, you are entering the pit. The stress will be on ground. That's how I entered my rest. Hey. It's too powerful. Praise the Lord. Too powerful. Recently, um, before Pastor Richmond came to preach here, I, I sensed to sow a seed to one church like that that was struggling with something. So I took a seed and then sowed into something they were doing. So, Pastor Richmond was in someone's house in Nigeria. And the person said, Kai, as he entered that house, this I saw the seed Sunday. Monday, he entered the house from um, Tanzania. The landlord of that house who hosted him, he said, hey, in the night, God just was warning him that, why has she promised me money that me and her will work for in prayer? And she has not released it. That's why she and the husband, they were in Gabon, they come, they say, we beg go, make God no punish us. So we, he said, how do we, should we give it to Pastor Richmond? But I said, if you like, hold. <laughs> you have told me that God is chasing you. Hold this thing. <laughs> is it me chasing you? If you are not obedient, and you'll be manipulating people. You just have to be promptly obedient and leave the rest to the able hands of God to handle. Our hands are no more competent than God. Oh. Don't lie to yourself. Oh. Just leave the matter in the hands of God. That's how Pastor Richmond brought it. Yeah. Nice, pa. Praise the Lord. Is somebody here at all? Yeah. I'm just telling you about money issues. I'll say, oh, well, and all these churches that I sold into, the pastors are people that I will say look up to me. So, you know, there's a way that they say you don't sow down, you sow up. But not when God has spoken. Not when what? <sighs> well, God knows the principle and the formula more than anybody. When God speaks, you don't think again. You just do what he tells you to do. Do what? Do. If water will turn into wine, you don't have to be thinking. You just have to be doing what you are told. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just have to be doing. There's a, a lady here, she's a doctor. She has a nice herbal clinic. Recently, she was telling me something about someone. And I said that, just do this. You see the glory of God. She was doing recently, she sent me a message. For the first time, that thing she thought would never happen has happened. I said, I told you do now. Just, just do. It's not a Just obeying God is more important than what is in your head. Praise the Lord. Come on now. Are you sure you are here? Yes, sir. I don't know why you make your life so complex, so stressful, when you have a God who wants to give you the good of the land, if you are willing and obedient. Oh. 
Tell somebody the measure of your struggle is due to your level of obedience. When you are struggling, you have to check your obedience level. What is it I'm not doing right? What is it? Hey. You go, you see emergency doctors. They work with time. They what? They are not playing. No. They are not because any case that comes to the emergency is important to somebody. And within a twinkling of... I said we were in one big teaching hospital. Me and my squad. <gasps> one night, within one hour, people were just aspiring like... Oh, more. In the emergency... Oh, nah. Gone. The next will come and say, you people turn back. She will cover. You see that? <sighs> you see that? <sighs> I said... Nah. When I came to church, I was dancing. Oh boy. I was jumping without formula. The way people just aspire. One guy brought the mother. The mother was dead in the car. She did, he didn't know the mother was dead. He was disturbing the daughter. The daughter was very calm. He said, young boy, young man, cool down. Your mother died before he, she returned. <laughs> the guy went haywire. What are you talking? My mother cannot be there. It's not what you think. Time, time. They, and you know, the guy took the mother from um, Lakeside, drove all the way to wherever I don't want to mention. So I was there when the doctor said, where are you coming from? He said, Lakeside. He said, why didn't you take your mother to Legon? He said, she said, it didn't come into my head. That, it didn't come into my head. It's the reason why you drove all the way to wherever. And that time, that delay, is what may have caused the life of your mother. Please, and when you want to delay with the things of God, eh, think again. When express instruction has come, think again. Because that time can be a very bad window for you. And I'm praying that God will bless you. Amen. Yeah, that amen didn't come out at all. Amen. I said, I'm praying that God will bless you this year. Amen. Shout a better amen. amen. Wow. Praise the Lord. So your obedience to the voice of God is very, very important. Praise the Lord. Why is it important? Because to God, both half and delayed obedience is full disobedience. Obedience is the greatest means of honoring God. This means going the full stretch rather than halfway when God speaks he wants us to take immediate actions of obeying him 100% in order for the blessings to flow until obedience is absolute the blessings will not flow disobedience blocks the flow channel of the blessings that's my concluding statement. Until obedience is absolute, the blessings will not flow. And disobedience blocks 
the flow channel of the blessings. When you decide to be disobedient, you have blocked the pipe from flowing. You have blocked the flow channel. You see that there is matter in the channel, but it cannot be released to you. Because your obedience is a trigger. You have put a stopgap there with your disobedience. So it cannot flow. When you obey, you see that heaven is open. Praise the Lord. Come on now, praise the Lord. In Israel, they disobeyed God. God shut the heavens. They were ready to obey God. He opened the heavens for them. It is just opening and shutting the heavens based on your obedience or disobedience. You have to make a choice. Praise the Lord. This year, dear, you must be in a good condition for the blessings to flow. You will see the blessings of the Lord in Jesus' name. May you receive the spirit of obedience. One more time. Receive the spirit of obedience. May you never falter in the name of Jesus. In your sacrifice, may you not falter. In your promptness, may you not delay. In the mighty name of Jesus. Shout a big amen. Can you give Jesus a big clap offering? You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 244 177 831 or 0204 916 168. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.